about 48 hours removed. Doesn't feel any better. Alex Clancy, Bulbrock, Locked on Cardinals, still reeling from what we experienced a couple nights ago uh, when the Cardinals get demolished at SoFi Stadium, ending their season. A lot more questions than answers. We're going to try and do our damnedest to chip away, starting right now. Alex Clancy, Bulbrock, Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Alex Clancy, Bob Brock, Locked On Cardinals. This episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, this podcast loves onlinegambling.com. They just joined us a few weeks ago. It's the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit onlinegambling.com backslash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. Uh, uh, listen, follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please like, comment, subscribe at Lockdown AZ Cards. Uh, follow at Lockdown AZ Cards. We've talked during the preseason, we talked during the regular season, and now we're talking during the postseason. If this doesn't work out, and if this sputters out after starting 7-0, we're going to have uncomfortable conversations come this offseason. And Twitter's ablaze. Obviously, this is still very fresh. Everybody's still hot with their thoughts on why this happened, who's to blame, what, what should be next, who should be the head coach, who should be the GM, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bo and I are going to kind of take a step back and just kind of process while you watch and listen what we've experienced over the last 48 hours. We're going to talk about Kyler Murray. That's one of the uncomfortable conversations that's going to be had this offseason. And one thing that Kyle, uh, that Bo and I are kind of in lockstep with, which is, you know, a nice little surprise, a nice little bonus for once. And then finally, run it back or blow it up. Run it back or blow it up. We'll talk about that in the third segment. So, Bo, we're about 48 hours after, you know, 50 hours, 52, 54 hours since just the travesty that we experienced, the 11-point performance against the uh, against the Rams on Monday Night Football to knock the Cardinals out of the playoffs. Does it feel real yet? Like, does it feel like, because you thought they were going to win going into Monday night. I reached out to a lot of people. I, a lot of people thought they were going to win going into Monday night. I said if they mm -hmm. got to 30, they'd win. If they didn't, they wouldn't. That was kind of a cop-out answer, but I ended up being right, even though I had a broader scope no, to be you're right. Not, no, you don't get it to be right. You didn't make a prediction, but go ahead. You know, Well, I said if they score 30 points, they win, okay. and they didn't. So that is a – What? I said if they you score 30 points, they win. Not, you're not right on that. This, first off, if they got to 30, they still lose. But they, they lost 34-30 or 34-11. But okay. Okay, Whatever. but they could have scored 35 because that would have eclipsed. Are we going to do this now? We have, the whole, we have the whole offseason to bitch at each other. Okay, can we just talk about know, this? I'm not going to have you take a dub where you took you should take an L. You, you make up your own damn rules for all of our games the all the time. Is concerned, as far as the assignment is concerned, you get an incomplete. I really, I really wish I could mute you right now. Um, thoughts after what we witnessed, the backlash mm -hmm. for Kyler Murray, 
Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, Steve Keim, etc. Just what are your thoughts? What have you processed so far? Yeah, uh, my as far as where I am right now is the realization about what our perspective, what our expectations are, what the fans' expectations are, is different than what the organization's expectations are, what they want. Because I think the organization is fully content with taking baby steps. Like, that's that's it. That's what I've kind of gleaned from this, is that this is an organization that in 2018 hit the reset button, and they were just going to get incrementally better and improve each and every season. And they're going to take a postseason appearance, an 11-6 and six record, improvements in wins, improvement offensively, improvement defensively, and these small baby steps, they'll take those as, as minor victories. And, and that's how what the organization is, is content with, where I think the fan base sees you know, the top-tier talent on this team with the ability, it should have the ability to compete with anybody. But the reality, Alex, is they've got a great sprint group, uh, core, like they they can run any they can win in a sprint, but if it's a marathon, if it's anything longer than that, they can't keep up. They just can't because and I'm you know I'm I'm deep diving it and it and I think it it just comes down to missing in the NFL draft. Like Steve Keim has the ability to go out and find impact makers in the free agent market, and he's been able to find you know impact makers through the trade market. But where he's fine, fallen horribly short is through the NFL draft, and that's where you can find young controllable talent and depth. And we're not talking like pro bowlers. We're talking about guys that just can keep up guys that when your top tier talent goes down, they can step up, they can play, they can fill in for a couple games here and there and you not get massacred on a top stage. But I think what this team, this organization is fully content with is okay. We got our franchise quarterback to the playoffs. He got his, you know, his humbling moment. That's that step. Let's get that out of the way. Now the next step is next season. It's always next season, isn't it? So it's all they'll do better next season. You know, this is because you're right about Steve Kime. I mean, anybody that defends Steve's Kime drafting ability, shut up. I'm sorry. You're wrong. You're wrong. You know, we don't know. Okay. So you, first of all, you can't do, um, you can't give him credit for Kyler Murray. Because he was running unopposed. Number one, the best draft pick he had, where you actually give him credit for it, was trading up to draft Buda Baker in the second round. That was the best draft pick he had, in my mm -hmm. opinion. What you would think, Teron Matthew, late? Yeah. Well, I think but, but that was. Yeah, but I mean, he would have been a top fifteen pick if it wasn't for the weed stuff. And if the it, like the weed stuff now was kind of a joke, sure. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, fine. He was the one that went against the grain because he thinks he's the smartest person in the room, the you know, egomaniac that he is. It's like, you know what? We got it. Which, true, Tron Matthews been a perfect, like, dude. He's, he's, he's <laughs> I mean, he speaks for himself with how great of a professional and leader Tron Matthew is. Um, but I, I would still I would still give Buda Baker just because Buda Baker's still on the team mm -hmm. and he got a second contract that wasn't ballooned to where he had to go restructure. Um, Steve Kime is putting, and as much as I've said that Cliff Kingsbury's got to go, which I still think he he does, he's hamstrung this entire organization with his inability. They give you draft picks. The NFL says, you know what? You're going to get seven of these suckers. You get seven every year, and you could do with them as you please. So sure, you could trade for top-tier talent, 
usually much older than what you're drafting, or you could take these seven free picks. You get seven of them. And you know what? If you use that to your advantage, then you could sign you could sign guys for a lot of money when these guys aren't making a whole lot. And that's how you build an organization. But Steve Kime is so inept that that is just taken out of the of the pie completely. Completely. So I agree with you. And these are things that, you know what? He still has a job. He should have been fired three times by now. You can defend him if you want. I think that's a completely irrational thought process. Alex Lancey, Bobrock locked on Cardinals. Kyler Murray, he's been under fire. He's too short. He's not ready. He doesn't watch enough film. And apparently, he's not ready to be a leader. We've heard all of those things times a thousand. We're going to break it down what we think about that next. OnlineGambling.com, though. We're all looking for an edge these days. And I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge throughout the playoffs to providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help your bets be the most informed bets as possible. Okay? We've got the divisional round coming up. Okay? My upset is going to be the Bengals. I did my podcast with Tyler Rowland of Tic Tac Titans from Locked On NFL today. I said the same thing. And you know what? If you want to get more information about that, if you want to do anything regarding news and notes about the NFL playoffs, OnlineGambling.com's got you covered. They've picked their own upsets, which can be found in the OG Tips article on their website. Um, and I go and check that out. So listen. Make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com backslash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. All right. Um, second segment, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Um, please subscribe. We're about 60 away from 2K. Uh, LOC 2K. It's right around the corner from YouTube. Thank Seriously, um, Regardless of how crappily the season ended, and uh, this has been so fun. Um, it's it's growing by the day, and uh, Bo and I couldn't be more excited about where things are heading. Uh, Kyler Murray has been under fire with his, uh, I mean, I think subpar, let's just say subpar, we don't need to pile on here, subpar performance during his first playoff game. There was a tweet that went out showing what Peyton Manning's first playoff game was like, what Brett Favre's playoff game was like. Um, sure. Um, I think the, it, it's a little different because they couldn't be different quarterback wise. Uh, this is more of a question of, is he big enough? Can he see over the offensive line as a pocket passer? Is he a good enough leader? Does he watch enough film? Does he play too much, vi too many video games? According to a New York times article, he doesn't want, like to watch a lot of film and paraphrasing. Um, how much of this say like the hundred percent pie. Okay, you can blame whoever you want. If you want to blame DJ Humphreys, 99%, this is your pie, Bo. You're baking yeah. this pie. Just taking the slice of Kyler Murray blame pie, to quote uh, Mr. Jody Ayler, Fox Sports 910, mornings. Blame pie. What percentage does Kyler get? For Monday night? or just For Monday for night. Well, look, collapse? you know what? Let's do for, because it's just a part of the collapse. Right. Since after the bye week. Mm-hmm. How um, much does Kyler get? 
there's there's a couple things that you, you were rolling through a bunch of there, and, and I do appreciate the, uh, the the tweet. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Colts were blown out forty-one nothing by the Jets. He threw for one hundred and thirty-seven yards, two picks. Brett Favre threw six interceptions. That's so many. And a loss to the Rams in his first playoff game. Josh Allen, we can remember, not impressive in his first game. So, yeah, it's not an unprecedented thing to see a guy, even in his third season, struggle when the lights are a little bit brighter in the, in the postseason. Um, as far as this is the second consecutive day we've brought up pie. We're getting into uh, – we're baking a lot today. I love pie. <laughs> it just depends. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, absolutely. But there are some pies that are overrated that are in the – in the elite status. That, like what? Uh, I'm not a big apple pie guy. Yeah. It's consistency. I mean, it's about the yeah. crumble for the apple Texture pie. Yeah. For sure. Crust is, yeah. that's the biggest. <laughs> Cherry pie. Her. Yeah. <laughs> Warm <laughs> fruit. Not a big fan. But, uh, yeah, look, Kyler was the offensive line. I mean, and, and this gets back to your general manager. Uh, one guy that you drafted, um, and then, you know, the guy you traded for, Rodney Hudson, I don't know if he had his best performance, but I think you can kind of say he he was, he was showed up. He showed up each and every week he, he played. He had some snap issues, but I'm not going to put any blame on Rodney Hudson. But the rest of the offensive line was atrocious. Like, relying on guys like Max Garcia week in and week out. You know, Kelvin Beecham, um, who, who's fine. Uh, it's just this patchwork way of trying to put together something that's so important, especially when you're going up against playoff caliber teams and it's it's just not going to I mean you saw it in the in the Super Bowl for God's sake. I mean if you just don't have an offensive line that can protect your quarterback, I don't care how talented he is. He can't do anything. So, when you look at his his playmakers, the wide receiver core completely folded after DeAndre Hopkins uh was out. And it's just like the the concern I have about Kyler Murray right now is it's it's not him that's elevating the play of the offense. It's it's DeAndre Hopkins because when since he's been on the shelf, that offense has has struggled, right? So, as far as Monday, there's a whole lot of blame. I, I and I said it. I think it's the entire organization. But I'd say you know he's somewhere between twenty five to thirty three percent of this. I mean it's it's a big sliver just because he plays the most important position in sports, and he just didn't. He he had the worst game of his career, but at the same token, I'm he wasn't uh, he wasn't nobody rallied around him anywhere in any on any side of the ball in any position group anybody on the coaching staff nobody was there so uh, brutal brutal performance so but I do think that the Kyler Murray slander is pretty pretty at a disrespectful level right now it is and there might be one little caveat to that it might be one thing that the Arizona Cardinals can use to their advantages because I think he extend them regardless right he's at yeah. his lowest value right now like you took the, the steps forward hopefully there aren't any bad habits that have been developed here and, and I think that you can make your case for some but I think that he's made a big enough case to what else are you going to do at, at the quarterback position he's been dynamic a lot of the time I think you extend them and maybe you can get a little bit of a discount right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I still, and it's, it's target practice for me because I've been saying this forever. Like if you can get, if you see multiple, Oh my God moments from a quarterback, 
it is the job of the coaches to sprout more of those and more frequently and more consistency. We're not talking about running around back and forth behind the line of scrimmage and finding a Rondo more that's wide open on a blown coverage because he's been running around for six seconds. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a dime down the sidelines. I'm talking about a perfect slant or like an, oh my sweet mother, how did he fit that in? Which we've seen, which we've seen multiple times. Like, you know, I mean, countless times from Kyler Murray. It's the coach's job to make the players better. That's what practice is for. And I think Cliff Kingsbury has severely failed him. I, and it's not all on Cliff, but it's not not on Cliff either. Because that was his main job as he was hired. Make Kyler Murray QB1. Do it. And, he, and he's failed. I think he's I failed. I think so. Wait, wait, I mean, you don't believe he's he's a definitive quarterback one in the NFL right now. I think a lot of this is on just Kyler Murray being an exemplary talent. And I think he's very raw still. And he looks polished at times, but trimming the fat is something that coaches do. Because okay, Kyler, so- like if Kyler, both of Kyler's legs like fall off, he's still gonna want to play football. Like you have to save the players from themselves. That's the coach's job. Like you think pa- Andy Reid hasn't trimmed fat from Patrick Mahomes? Like, look at how he's playing football now. It's so much more controlled and boring. And they're just winning football games the second half of the season. They completely flipped. And that's interesting. And I think Andy Reid learned a valuable lesson coaching guys like McNabb and and really the more of a guy that's the, the caliber of talent athleticism wise in Mike Vick. Like Mike Vick early on with the Eagles was unbelievable. But that's because he was running a system that was built for Kevin Cobb. Like and and he was he was he was run, just running within a system and then when things broke down he uses his elite, elite athleticism. But once they started to like build the system around, they created like a bunch of crutches to rely on Mike Vick and, and his play dropped off. And then when, when, and I think that Andy Reid learned that lesson when he went to Kansas City and he, and he got the talent, the type of, of Mahomes. And Mahomes transcends everything. Like I feel like Mahomes is like trying to, to break down like what Barry Bonds does at the plate compared to other hitters in, the, in major leagues. It's like it's not fair. Like what they do is just, it's, it's alien like or they're both they're demons um so i think you know mahomes is, is a tough example but keep in mind like cliff kingsbury kyler murray like what are they supposed to do when your offensive line is continually getting blown off the ball and, and you're under pressure and your wide receivers aren't doing you any favors either uh and, and kyler i feel like down the stretch was just off like we know he throws a good deep ball. Mm-hmm. We know he's there. The Andre Hopkins creates opportunities as a decoy or just being in the lineup to create just that extra um, space for other guys to where those he was hitting on those. But he missed. Like, he missed early in L.A. And it was three and out, three and out, three and out, and then it was pick six, whatever. But it's it's just like the NFL is so slim to get back to the Al Pacino. You know, any given Sunday, it's a game of inches. And, you know, he was just an inch off on a lot of those. So, and it... And it you know, chicken egg things. Is it, is it because of the lack of talent on the roster and depth, or is it is it play calling? And you know, I don't think anybody is innocent here. No, I mean that's true. Nobody's innocent. But let me tell you something. If I have to hear one more time that Kyler likes the deep ball read down the sideline on third and five, the if if that were any offensive minded head coach would have pulled him by the shoulder pad and said, "Make the easy play, get a first down." 
Like, I don't understand why it's like, oh, it's Kyler's, you know, oh, no, Kyler just likes that, likes that. Oh, he likes the matchup. You know what? On third and two, smart quarterbacks move the chains. And I'm not putting that on Kyler. I'm putting that on Cliff for not just rattling him and saying, listen, that's not that's not the play every time. That is the lowest percentage throw of any of them in the route tree on third and short. And I don't understand why that was never. It's like, oh, no, that's, that's the matchup he likes. You tell it's, me that. And, I, and, like, I get both sides. But sweet Jesus, if that were Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid saw that multiple times and it wasn't working, it's like, what are we doing here? Because Russell Wilson was the same way. And I think Russell Wilson sometimes fell in love with that play as well. But through the maturation of, of just the NFL quarterback, like Kyler Murray, you, you hope he's going to figure it out, like that he's going to be able to, to read the defense and say it's there, the, the, you know, his number one option, which is deep ball, big play. And if it's not there, still have the ability to go through his progressions. But right now at this stage of his career, unfortunately, I don't think it's there. And that's, that's something that he's going to have to work on, you know, this, this season. And the last thing, you, you know, you mentioned like the New York times thing saying about how he doesn't like to watch film. It's that like, was very paraphrased. I've not is, read the article yet. I understand, okay. I understand, but, and to take, you know, the paraphrased, you know, article, whatever. And I understand like what you're trying to say. It's just, but it's funny because people will, will do that and they'll use it to criticize Kyler. But then there's guys like Bruce Arians, who is a head coach and had a lot of success and had a ton of success where he's like, I don't want my coaches staying, you know, until midnight, one, two, three in the morning. I want them to come in and work office hours, get in, get out. And it's like if the if the Bucks were failing, he'd be criticized for that. It's mm -hmm. like it's colorful. It's fun when you're winning. But when you're losing, it's it's fuel for people to, to pile on. For sure. And unfortunately. For the NFL and for conversations like this, you have to remove Tom Brady and any team Tom Brady's ever been on and any coach that's ever coached him. Because it's because you're right. No, you're 100 percent right. But it's a total anomaly. I mean, it's an anomaly, and we're probably never going to see it again. You know, like, but what we've seen since 1998, Bo, 23 years, he's ruled the NFL in a way that we've never seen before. You know, yeah. and he does it himself. He doesn't need anybody to make him watch more film or to do more reps or to do whatever he does it himself. He's a robot. Alex Nancy Bobrock locked on Cardinals. Coming up next, very simple question we will dive into much deeper as the offseason progresses or offseason, you know, proceeds. Run it back or blow it up. No gray area, no bow making his own damn rules to the game. Blow it up or run it back. Next, locked on Cardinals. First. People think usual circum unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for Tur TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting for them. Uh, maybe you inherited a condo or you're renting it out or maybe you're getting paid in crypto or aren't, and aren't sure how it's taxed or whatever. For TurboTax Live, Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all your all your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you, which is pretty sweet. Whether you launch your own startup or you're working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. It's all the way live. Really good song. Uh, didn't really understand the lyrics at the time. That was Coolio, right? 
It's all the way live. Um, anyways, Alex Lancey, Paul Brock, Lockdown Cardinals. Um, so the Cardinals have a different team than they did last year or than they did in 2020. A lot, new fa- a lot of new faces um, and a lot of players now that are free agents. Um, like a lot, like a lot, like half their starters. Um, right now. And you know what? Let's throw Cliffy Baby in there. Blow it up or run it back. If if the numbers like this is an exercise, okay. If all the money worked out, don't pencil push me here. If everything worked out money-wise, blow it up or run it back. Oh, blow it up. I mean, if, if those are the options, um, I, I'm, you, you can't run it back. But there's going to be – there is go, no, but they are going to run it back in, the, in how they're going to approach the offseason. Like what, what Michael Bidwell said going into the offseason last year in 2021 is they're going to be bullish. They're going to be bullish again. Like they're going to be aggressive because there's a general manager that's, that's fighting for his job. You know, it, it's, it's happening. It's perpetual as far as him doing this. And he's going to take these big swings each and every off season, even though probably the right move, Alex is, is to find young controllable talent that you can develop, that you can have on your roster as you pay Kyler Murray, 18 to 20% of your salary cap. But that they're going to go, they're going to have a similar approach instead of, you know, I don't think Steve Kimes learned his lesson. I, I will be happily surprised if he goes and he, he approaches the offseason as, you know, spreading the wealth as far as the cap money that they have available and trying to create depth. But they have so many holes, it's nearly impossible. Like they just need to use that money to fill the holes. And then as far as the depth's concerned, they're just going to have to get lucky at this point. Like that's just it. it it's like, you're just going to have to get lucky. So, in a sense, it's running it back. It is. It's just going to be the same approach, but it's not going to be the same guys. It's still going to be veterans that they're going to spend a lot of money on. It's just not going to be the same veterans. So, you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief that they're not just going to, you know, go with the same guys, but it's going to be the same approach. It's not going to, they're not going to take a different team building uh, approach at this thing at all. See how that frustrates me that you answered both? No, but it's it's not fair how you 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 asked the question. That's not are true. They, are they gonna run it back with the same like everybody? No, they're not. If they did, this fan base should be furious. They should be furious it with worked it. worked out pretty well through 12 weeks. It did, but you know, Cliff Kingsbury, even in his post game, said that they there there's going to be a focus on finishing. Um and you you can't finish with the, the type the caliber of player that they're signing because like I said they're kind of sprinters they can't you can't rely on them for the haul that is a seventeen game season yeah or the head coach that's coaching them but uh, I digress you know it's I mean I agree I mean it, it's a it's it's a blow it up situation but the thing is like the Cardinals have and the Cardinals have so well, I, many I drive picks think it is a blow it up situation I don't I mean I I, I think that you know an 11 win team that fell oh. short and certainly had its, its I meant run uh, it back. I didn't mean yeah. blow it up. I didn't mean right. blow it. No, no, no. And I didn't, I didn't, but like, I would love for them to resign James Conner. I would love for them to resign Zach Ertz. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't get the opportunities on Monday night. You know, it's going to be Christian Kirk 
it's going to be Chase Edmonds. We're going to have uncomfortable conversations. Like, would you rather have James Conner and Eno Benjamin or James Conner or, or Chase Edmonds and Eno Benjamin? I'd much rather have James Conner at this point, personally. You know, uh, wide receivers, the salary, like, I don't know if we're going to have an uncomfortable conversation about DeAndre Hopkins. Not this year, but he's going to be like the cap hit is, is around 25 or 26 mil this year. You know, J.J. Watt, are they going to restructure? Is he going to retire a Cardinal? Are they going to add another year? Are they going to add dummy years on the tail end to, to restructure? They're going to have to. They're going to have to do a lot of that. They're going to have to get really, really weird with this. Um, A.J. Green's probably gone. He's probably going to go somewhere else and do the same exact thing that he did here, but maybe get more opportunity instead of just running down the sideline and getting jump balls because that's the majority of the usage that A.J. Green got. Yeah. And during broken hey, plays. James Conner, if he's in the same role, sure. But if, if it's to, to bring him back and give him a, a bigger chunk of the, the carries, I'm not for that because he's, he, his yards per carry were way down. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's got a pretty defined role of where he can be successful. And they, they had it. He was, it was there this year, and, and I'm fine with that. But just don't back up the brink struck for him. Find something that makes sense. Um, but a lot of the guys that are going to exit, I, I think a lot of you can replace them with with guys who are going to be equal. If not worth, I, I I hope they they're not going to do this. But I wish they would take a Kansas City Chiefs approach that they took last year and just completely emphasize the offensive line, where they went out and they got you know they traded for uh, you know the, what was it Orlando Brown from the to Ravens to play left tackle, and they mm -hmm. drafted Creed Humphrey, who was one of the best rookies in the league. Did he, I mean, take the rookie tab off him. He was one of the best centers in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he was all can, pro. Yeah. They rebuilt that entire offensive line in one off season uh, because they said that was, that was the biggest problem. Because I think when you have a built in, in, in a, in an offensive line that you can rely upon, it just changes what Kyler Murray can do. It changes what playmakers can do. Like if, if guys are having trouble getting open in the time that, that uh, is available, um, you know, you give them some time, and it's it's tough to cover anybody. So even if you're replacing, you know, uh, Christian Kirk with DJ Shark, you know, it's fine. You're not going to see that big of a difference. So we'll see. Right? Yeah. Alex Nancy Bobrock locked on Cardinals. I mean, this is we're just scraping the surface of the surface of the surface with how much we're going to be talking about over the next handful of months leading up to the draft. Um, we'll talk to you tomorrow. That's all I got. Locked on Cardinals.